Well, we are just right in the middle of a series that we are calling this, Marriage and Children and Debts. Oh my, there you go. So far we've talked about marriage, and in a couple of weeks we're going to take a look at the effect that money and debts have on our society and our family and what God says to do about it. But for right now we're still in the middle of the uh, talking about children, and this is what scripture says, ready? Don't you see... That children are God's best gift, the fruit of the womb, his generous legacy, like a warrior's fistful of arrows, are the children of a vigorous youth. How blessed are you, parents, with your quivers full of children. God says the children are just a blessing. Now, there are some individuals that, for whatever reason, um, will not have children in their life. For instance, our second son, Christopher, and his wife... Adriana have decided that they just won't have children. They have a dog instead. But um, that's for most people. For most people, we're going to be parents. And uh, that has some wonderful, exciting, and frustrating things about it. We started a few weeks ago with four lessons for parents. I've got to remind you of these, okay? Here we go. Here's the four lessons for parents we looked at a couple of weeks ago. Number one, our children are not our property. They are our primary ministry privilege. Keep that in mind. They're not our children. We don't get to do whatever we want to do. They are, they are a blessing that God has given to us, and they're our first and foremost and primary ministry responsibility. We need to minister to them and to share with them and to love them better than we do anyone else outside of the family. Don't give your best to work and give your kids the worst. Don't give your best to church. Don't give your best to the neighbors. If you're going to live Jesus Christ, you live it in front of your kids. They're the primary ministry privilege. I like the word privilege. I didn't say responsibility because it's a privilege. Okay? Second, our actions have consequences for generations to come. Keep that in mind, both good and bad. You can start a godly heritage right now today that can last for generations or you can do the opposite you get that choice third lesson do everything you can to make the transfer of trust from you to god as easy as possible because that's what raising your children really is all about okay in the beginning they trust you completely then they learn of course that you're not really all that trustworthy they will they learn that pretty early on what you want to do is transfer the trust that they have for you when, when they're young. You want them to trust our Heavenly Father that same way. And you get to make it as easy as possible or as difficult as possible. There are lots of people who have a hard time trusting their Father in Heaven because they couldn't trust their Father here on Earth. Now, they can still get over that, but our goal is to make it easy. Eventually, I want all of my children, we have four grown children, now we're raising Chelsea, to trust God. And that's what I'm trying to do. Okay, that's the goal. You are responsible for how you raise them, not for how they turn out. Every single person has that free choice. Okay? In my family, we all lived in the same family, same roof, same parents. My brother's done time in a federal prison for drug manufacturing. He's an alcoholic right now, loving dearly. He's a brilliant guy, but he's just got so many problems. I preach the gospel, go figure. Okay? Do my parents are my parents blamed for my brother? or they congratulated for me, or I don't know. They just raised us. Then we all had choices about what we were going to do. 
You are responsible for how you raise your kids. They are responsible for how they turn out. Okay, now we're talking about the four, four of the most important lessons to teach your kids. Those are the lessons for parents. Now we're talking about four of the most important lessons to teach your kids. The first one, lesson one, was this. There is a God who loves you more than you can ever know. Get that into their heads any way that you can. Let them understand, to build their lives on the fact that there is a God and he doesn't hate you, he loves you. He thinks you're the best thing since sliced bread. He carries your picture around in his wallet. He can't stop bragging about you because he loves you so much. Now, he may be disappointed in some of the things you do, but love and disappointment go along with one another. As parents, you know that, don't you? Okay? He loves you so much. Don't sell yourself cheap. Don't hurt yourself. Don't allow yourself to be hurt. God loves you. Build your life on that one. That's an incredibly important lesson. Last week, lesson number two, here it was, life isn't fair. Trust God. What a week to prove this. Okay, are you ready? One thing I didn't tell you last week was that life can be not fair in a good way. Uh, Monday morning, some of you have already heard, we, uh, we got the phone call. Linda, about two or three weeks ago, had started entering this contest at KGW Channel 8 uh, for a trip for two to London. She said, I'm going to win us that, that trip to London. I said, great, sweetie, no problem. <clears throat> and didn't think anything more about it. And Monday morning, we got the call. She won. She's taking, uh, she hasn't decided yet. That is up for the highest bidder right now. So what do we bid? So um, we got the call. It was like 12,000 entries and her name was drawn. So we're, now, is that fair? It isn't fair. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned a trip to London. It's not fair. Sometimes not fair is good, okay? <laughs> then I found out that to accept the prize, we have to pay all the taxes associated. That's not just the, the income tax now, but there are other taxes that go along with tickets and other things. And suddenly, it's going to cost me several hundred dollars to receive my free prize. <laughs> and you say, that's not fair. And then we come into work on Tuesday. And uh, Gene, Pastor Gene, lets us know that his wife, Joyce has been diagnosed with early stages of breast cancer. And in a couple of weeks, she'll go in for a lumpectomy and then um, some radiation therapy. And what you say is, that's not fair. Welcome to the world. About 15 years ago, so maybe 10, 15 years ago, Linda went in for uh, some surgery. And um, I got a call after she came out of the surgery, and, and she was fine, and I, I left. And she stayed in the hospital a couple of days, and she called. A doctor had just been in and told her that he found the early stages of cancer in her. So I zipped. We were living in Idaho at the time. I zipped over to, to Nampa and... And uh, what they said, of course, was we're going to be able to treat it easily with just some of this medication. And if it isn't back in five years, you should be fine. Well, that was 10 or 15 years ago. But when you're, you know, early 40s, as we were, you didn't expect to hear that. It's not fair. Welcome to life. 
Okay? Get that across to your kids. Life isn't fair. The only thing that you can... If you're going to build your life on the fairness of life, if that's your foundation, that life should always be fair, what a horrible, frustrated life you will have. So you build it on the only thing that lasts, and that is the love of God. Trust Him. He is the rock. He does not move. Is your life built on the fairness of life? You're in trouble. Life isn't fair. Trust God. Okay. Now, before we get into today's lesson, I have to tell you a story. This goes way back, as a matter of fact. When I first started in ministry, so I was, what, 23, 24 years old, and I was in Napa, Napa, California, and one of the things that I wanted to do is get involved, and so I started to, uh, I volunteered as the, as the volunteer chaplain for the local mental hospital. So all I did is I would go in and I would, I would visit with people. It was a good training. I think I was, what, 23, 24 years old. And so I went in, and, and there was a group of ladies, by the way, they had a nickname for me. They called me Foxy Pastor. <laughs> now, you see, just to put this into perspective, if a group of swimsuit models for Sports Illustrated calls you Foxy Pastor, that's one thing. When a group of ladies in the lockdown ward, they won't even let them use sharp scissors calls you that, it doesn't mean much. One of the first days that I was there volunteering and talking and just, just sharing with people, there was this young man about my age. He, he, he kind of waddled up to me. He walked kind of funny. He walked this way, just like this. And he walked right up to me, and he stood, kind of invaded my body space, got really close, and he looked right in my face. And he didn't stop, like, nor he just kept doing this. And he looked at me, and he said, Do you have a good word for me? And I'm shocked. I mean, I'm, this is my, one of my first experiences of doing anything as a pastor. I just, I said, well, God loves you. And he turned around and he waddled away. And he kept waddling. And that's all he did. And one of the nurses came up to me. What's going on with this guy? And she said, that's Raul. For several years now, Raul has been experimenting with drugs and alcohol. And one day, a certain combination of what he did fried his brain. And that's all he can do. He never stops walking. And all he ever says is, do you have a good word for me? I went back several times when I was on staff at that church to visit, and every single time, there would be Raul. And he'd walk to me, and he'd look at me, and he'd say, you got a good word for me? And I'd say, Raul... God loves you. And he'd waddle away. That was 34 years ago. Guess what Raul is still doing? He's walking and walking and walking. And he will do so until either there's a miracle in his life or he's dead. Lesson number three. There are consequences for everything you do. Oh, get your kids to know this. Help them understand 
there are consequences for everything. You want to sleep in and be lazy? <laughs> There's consequences. You want to get up and, and, and get an early start of the day? Guess what? There are consequences, of course. You, you want to be a lazy bum all your life? Then guess what? There are consequences for that. You want to be one of these go-getters? Then guess what? There are consequences for that. It's one of the hardest things to teach our kids. It's the law of cause and effect. The fact that everything you do has a consequence somewhere down the line. So let's teach them this. Ready? Consequences can be good or bad, immediate or delayed, but there's going to be consequences. That's life. Okay? It's going to happen. They can be good consequences be wonderful. Or they can be bad. They might happen right now. Or they could be delayed for dozens and dozens and dozens of years. But there will be consequences. This is what scripture says. Proverbs, when you're kind to others, you help yourself. It's a good consequence. When you're cruel to others, what happens? You hurt yourself. There's the consequence. Bad work gets paid with what? A bad check. Good work gets solid pay. What you do will have a consequence. That's the way of the world. And you better learn it now. See, we don't want to learn that, do we? We want to think that we can do things and it won't affect anybody. We can do things and get away with it. We can do things and it doesn't hurt anything at all. It doesn't cause and effect everything you do has a consequence. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it takes a little while to show up. Take a look at this passage. Jesus is telling us the same thing. Look, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Now, nobody knows what you're doing, right? Is there a consequence for that? How could there be a consequence if nobody sees it? Here it is. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Immediately? No. Maybe not. Everything you do, whether somebody notices it or not, has a consequence. That's the way it works. You can't get away from that. Everything we do. This is what Scripture says also. James, peacemakers who sow in peace, what's their consequence? They raise a harvest of righteousness. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of But you ready for another consequence? Take a look at this one. He who sows wickedness reaps trouble, and the rod of his fury will be destroyed. Consequence? Consequence. You want to be a peacemaker? This is what you get. You want to sow wickedness? You want to turn your back on God? You want to live away from him? Guess what you get? That's it. Everything we do has a consequence. It's amazing. See, the Bible tells us this. Eventually, you reap what you sow. Boy, this is a goodie. Now, you know, in a way, this is actually kind of opposite of what I told you last week, right? That life isn't fair. This one is saying, actually, eventually, life really is kind of fair. And that's probably true. Now, from moment to moment, there may be things that happen that really aren't fair, but eventually you have to know and your kids have to understand you will reap what you sow. It's just the way the world works. 
If you're going to sow corn seed, don't expect to have lemon trees grow out of it, all right? It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work that way in gardening. It doesn't work that way in the field. It doesn't work that way in life. Eventually, circle that word, okay? Because your kids are going to have to understand that. Your kids probably won't understand the word eventually because they, they, they like immediate consequences. Those are easy to learn to, but the truth is eventually you will reap what you sow. Because actually, for a lot of people, life really is fair after all. If you turn your back on God, and we've all done that, it is fair that we wind up in hell, away from Him. I mean, why would you want to spend all eternity in the presence of someone you can't even stand now? If you can't love God now, what makes you think you're going to love Him then? Could you imagine for all eternity being in the presence of God that you don't even like today? Today is where you make that decision or whether you like Him or not, whether you love Him or not, whether you want to be with Him, and that decision has consequences. If you don't want to be with Him today, well, then don't tell me you want to be with Him 100 years from now. He's not going to be a different God. You either want Him or you don't. It's fair for us to wind up in hell. That's fair. Now, there are some, Jesus said not many, really, most people won't make this, but there are some who make the decision to turn to God and to trust Him and to confess and to receive Jesus Christ. They will be able to live in God's presence for all eternity. Is that fair? No! Because you didn't earn it. The fact that I get to be with my Father for all eternity isn't fair. That I haven't done anything to warrant that. I haven't done anything to earn it. I get it because God gives it to me as a gift. It's not fair, but it's what I get. Okay? I will uh, pay taxes on that gift. No, you know what? That one is a freebie to you. That one, Jesus says, look, here it is. I paid it all. Just receive it. Eventually, you reap what you sow. Okay, take a look at this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Boy, there it is. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You reap what you sow. There are consequences for everything you do. That's life. You have to learn to deal with it right now. Jesus said this, do not judge and you will not be judged. There's a consequence of, being ju of judging people. Do not condemn, you will not be condemned. So, let's put it in the consequence. If you want to judge people, what will happen to you? What's the consequence? You'll be judged. If you want to condemn somebody, what's the consequence? You'll be condemned. If you decide to forgive somebody, what is the consequence? Yeah, you can receive forgiveness. That's the way it works. There's a consequence for everything you do. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Here is the consequence of your life. And do you understand when he says, press down? How many of you are 
bakers, you like to bake, you know, you, you fill this, okay. There's, there's one thing where you, you know, you would, you want to take a, you know, a two cup thing and you want to fill it full of flour so you put it in there and you get so much, but what if you packed it down? What if you really just crammed it down? You could get so much more flour in there, couldn't you? That's what Jesus says. Look, you give and here'll be the consequence. God will give back to you, but not just, he will give back to you like it's been crammed down in, it'll overflow because that's the consequence of being generous. Or you can be stingy. We'll get to that. Okay? So, this whole idea of consequences to teach our kids. Here's what we want them to do. Ready? Number one. Decide what you want out of life. What do you really want your life to be like? Now, this is really a place where you get to make that decision. What do you want out of life? Are, are you looking to, to uh, have the kind of life where you just barely get by? And if you want to, that's fine. That's your decision. Or do you want more out of life? And there's nothing really wrong with either one. But you have to decide what you want. Those decisions and those actions today will affect what you do years from now. This is what Scripture says. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. He says, decide. What do you want? Do you want generosity in life? Then guess what you better be. Okay? Because that's a consequence. Do you, do you not want generosity? You just want kind of the, the barely existence life? Well, then that's how you live. And guess what? That's the consequence. You decide what you want. Decide how you want to be treated. How do you want to be treated? How do you want people to treat you? Well, guess what? That will be a consequence of what? How you treat others. Take a look at this scripture. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law. Do you want grace and mercy and understanding and respect? Well, then what do you give? Grace, mercy, understanding, and respect. You reap what you sow. It's the consequence of our actions. See, what we do is, is we don't want to give those things, but we want a different consequence. We want to be loved and respected, yet we don't want to show love and respect. No. It doesn't work like that. What do you want out of life? You look at your, your teenager, and what do you want? Are you wanting the kind of life that, that you're going to be fulfilled and there's going to be, you're going to have the things that you want to be able to do in your life? Then why are you late to work every day? There's a consequence for that. If you're just going to barely get by in your life right now, and that's what you're sowing, guess what you're going to reap on the other side? Love and respect and a lot of money and a great career? You've got to learn it now. There's a consequence for what you do. How you live. The amount of energy and effort you put into things. It all has a consequence. What do you want to be? You know, as a teenager, I have to tell you, I was not really very motivated for life. 
Of course, what I wanted was everything handed to me. And I didn't put myself really into my schoolwork like I should have or could have. I really put myself into a few things that were interesting to me. Um, And as a result, it took me a long time to get on track. It took me a long time. I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. Because I kind of struggled in my early years. And it was all because those struggles were the consequence of actions or lack of actions when I was in high school. Now, I love the Lord and He loved me and that was wonderful. We're not talking about my place in heaven. We're talking about my place here. I wasn't a go-getter the way I needed to be. And I paid the price. You see, because that's the second thing. After you decide what you want to be, you have to be willing to pay the price. You're going to be prepared to pay the price either now or later. You are going to pay a price. There's going to be a consequence. Because what you want to do out there is the consequence of what you do right now. Okay, what we've done is, first of all, we look out there and say, this is what I want out of life, okay? That will be the consequence of what I do now. I can't wait till then. Now is when I'm making these decisions. And the decisions I make now will affect whether or not I get what I'm looking for out there. Just that simple. This is what, by the way, I don't know if you've ever seen this scripture. I like this one. This is wonderful. Proverbs is full of all these little nuggets. This one says this. You lazy fool, look at an ant. Now, I don't know, have you ever used an ant as an object lesson? (laughs) Scripture says, look at an ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer it stores up food. At harvest it stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? Some of you are writing this one down. You're going to put it on your teenager's bed tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah, I know you. <laughs> how long before you get out of bed? Keep going. A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back and take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty. Your permanent house guest. You're going to pay a price. Now or later. Do you want to take... Your life right now just kind of lays around and not do anything? That will cost you. There is a consequence for that. It's going to happen. You will pay it. Do you want to get involved right now and and take the steps necessary, say, for your education, to prepare for college, to prepare for the next job, to prepare that career? There's a consequence for that. But you're going to pay a price. You're either going to do it now or you're going to do it later. But it is going to happen. Boy, to be able to get this across to your kids, to be able to get this across to ourselves, hugely important. That's why in our home, we tried, and we don't, we're not always successful, we tried to say, here's your choices. Okay? You can do this, and here's the consequence. Or you can do this, here's the consequence. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Make the choice. And then have the kids make the choice and you look at them and say, you know, I think that's a wise choice. I think that was a good choice. Or look at them and say, I don't think that was a very good choice. I think that was unwise. But 
Your choice. When we first brought home um, and we adopted two, two kids, Becky and, and uh, Joshua, their names at the time were Bridget and William, by the way. They got to choose their own name. There are not too many people on the planet that actually get to choose their name. But they were five and six when we brought them home. We adopted them when they were six and seven. And we said, do you want to keep your name or change it? They got to choose their own name. So Bridget and William became Becky and Joshua. And I still remember Joshua sitting down with him saying, okay, son, here's your choice. You can clean your room now, and this is what will happen. Or you can put it off, and this is what will happen. What do you want to do? He put it off. He said, I think that's a foolish decision. going to cost you big time. But it's your decision. Whatever you want. One time, Becky, bless her little heart. Because, of course, we got them. They're older, and they've been abused. They've been in foster care, that sort of thing, which is what we we wanted that on. We did that on purpose. We were trying to adopt kids that were unadoptable. That was just our mission. And she just had a real struggle. Um, She would take everything down, and she wouldn't put it away. And that probably sounds very familiar to some of you, doesn't it? And, of course, we tried everything, screaming, the whole bit, threatening, nothing. So one day I said, you know, we, we need to talk consequences here. So here's what we do. I walked into her room. And I said, sweetheart, I'm sorry. I need you to forgive me. I have given you too many toys. You can't take care of them. I'm expecting you to take care of all these toys. And you can't. I did that to you. And I am so sorry. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to choose the toys you want to be responsible for. And you put those away. I'll be back in one hour. And I'll put everything else up, okay? So you choose the ones you want put them away, and I'll come back and clean up the rest and put them away someplace in the garage or we'll give them away to someone else. What did the room look like an hour later? I share that with you because it's the only good time I did as a parent. I had a few other shiny moments, but consequence, kiddo. You got a choice. Now, if you do something like that, and you should, you got to be ready to follow through. Believe me, I came into that room with a garbage sack. I was going to take it all. If it was there, I was ready to do that. She did too. That's why she, uh, she believed me. That's why she put it all away. God, but see, it's, I'm trying to get something across to her more than just clean your room. Because to be quite honestly, whether your room is clean or not, God doesn't really have, you know, it's not an eternity issue. I'm trying to teach her not just responsibility, but the consequences of your actions. When you make a decision, it will affect you or someone else now or later. There's no way around it. All you get to do is decide how you will handle the consequences. But there will be consequences. And how we handle those consequences makes all the difference some consequences are in the control of parents, okay? We get to do that every now and then. Because like Becky, and with all my kids, by the way, I, I let them know um, Chelsea's learning this now. As a matter of fact, she's back there on the camera. You really don't own anything. I own everything, okay? That's not your TV. That's my TV. <laughs> I remember when Becky first gave me some hassles about her room. She said, well, it's my room. I said, sweetheart, it isn't your room. I'm letting you live there, but it's not your room. 
One day you're leaving, and guess what you're going to leave behind? The room, okay? You don't take it with you. It's my room. When you leave here, you're going to take some clothes and a couple of toys, and that's about it. That's what you own. Everything else is mine. I'm letting you live here. Please be grateful, all right? See a TV? It's my TV. I decide when it's on or not, not you. Simple. And there are consequences for your actions. One of the consequences is I don't want my TV on for a while. That's it. Some consequences are in parents' control. Some consequences are in the control of others, like your boss or your teacher or a principal or a policeman or the judges or someone else. Some consequences are written into the fabric of the universe and nothing short of a miracle will stop them. If you ingest too many drugs and alcohol, it will fry your brain. That's just the way it works. And nothing short of a miracle is going to take it away. It's what you do with them. So here's what you can do. We can deny the consequences. And here's where many of us like to live. This is so human, isn't it? We just want to deny either that that they really exist or won't hurt me or no one will ever know. It only affects me. Have you said that to yourself? Have you heard your kids say that to themselves? Well, it's just affecting me. No one will ever know. It won't hurt you. It's just for thrills. It won't hurt you. I worked with a youth group at the Deer Flat Church many years ago, and we had just lost a student who was connected to the church a little bit, and he got drunk and uh, drove drunk, and he plowed into the back of a parked bus going about 60 miles an hour, and we were getting ready to do his funeral. And I remember some of the kids in the youth group, a couple of them, who really were struggling with life and went on, by the way, to struggle even more with life after that. Say, this is not fair! All they wanted to do was have fun! Whoa. Let me tell you a consequence of getting drunk and driving. There may be some times that you can do it and you think you get away with it, but you really don't. But if you get drunk and you drive and you run into the back of a bus, you die. Welcome to the world. That's a consequence. You can't deny them. You can say, take a look at this. Everything we do has a consequence and you get away with nothing. Because this is what scripture says. How long will the wicked, O Lord, how long will the wicked be jubilant? They pour out arrogant words. All the evildoers are full of boasting. They say, here it is. The Lord doesn't see. The God of Jacob pays no heed. Take heed. You senseless ones. Among the people, you fools. Because then he says this. (laughs) Does he who implanted the ear not hear? Does he who formed the eye not see? Does he who disciplines nation not punish? Does he who teaches man lack knowledge? You're not going to get away with a thing. Everything you do is a consequence. And God sees it all. When you do things... In a positive way, nobody else notices, God notices. When you do the things you shouldn't and nobody else notices, God notices. You're not going to get away with the thing. There are consequences. So don't deny them. Or you can do this. You can whine about them. And boy, if you're a parent, have you heard this? huh? And if you haven't, just go back to the time when you were a child and remember what you did. 
as you whined about, well, that's not fair, you know, why is this happening to me, all that kind of nonsense, you know. This is the person who just doesn't get it. They keep repeating the same mistakes, and they get angry and frustrated and sometimes depressed. Their life isn't turning out the way that they should because they're, they're whining about the consequences. These are the people who try to get out of consequences. This was a phrase, by the way, that I heard a lot from my kids growing up. After they did something wrong and I told them, here's the consequences, they would say, but I said I was sorry! I know you did, son. I appreciate that. And you're right to do it. But guess what? There's still consequences. Forgiveness is free. You got that. But the consequences remain. A man may jump off, decide he wants to commit suicide, and jump off a 50-story building. And on the way down, as he's free-falling, realize what a stupid thing it was and seek the forgiveness of God Will God grant him forgiveness? Yes. Is he still going to hit the ground? Yes. Teenage girl can decide to go to a party where things are going on that shouldn't be done, the drugs and the alcohol, get themselves in a situation where their inhibition is lowered, have sexual relationships when they shouldn't, discover that they're pregnant? Can they come to God and say, I'm so sorry, will he forgive them? Yes. Will they still have the baby? Oh yeah. Sure. Teenage boy can decide to show off, get in the car, drive 70 miles an hour in a 35 mile an hour zone lose control and kill the person sitting next to them can they be forgiven? yeah of course they can will they still face jail? absolutely that's it guys now those are the extreme examples but guess what? works for you too Everything we do has a consequence. You can whine about them and try to get out of them, but you're not going to be able to do that. God lavishes forgiveness upon us. But most of the consequences are going to remain somewhere down the road. So here's what we can do. This is what we have to teach our kids to be able to do. Friends, this is what each one of us needs to be able to do. Because if you're not limited in front of your kids, you can't teach it. Here it is. You can accept the consequences, learn from them, and move on. This is the person that learns. I told you that as a teenager, I was not really into the schoolwork. I wasn't into better. Actually, what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of skip ahead. What I wanted was financial success, and I wanted that without taking the steps to get there. I wanted that security without taking the steps of laying out my education to get there. So I didn't put myself into into school work. I graduated high school as a decent GPA. I went off to college and didn't give it my best at that particular point in time. Came away with like a 2-8 or something. And then I dropped out. And I just kind of did some business things. It was an interesting life. But I, I wasn't 
moving forward for the kind of life that I really wanted and felt called to because even at that time I felt called to be a pastor but I wasn't taking the steps to get there. And as a result, the consequences of my inaction, I wound up many years later at age 28 with this call on my life and my education incomplete. I had full-ride scholarships offered to me when I was 18 and 19 years old, and I turned them down. When I was 28, I had to resign from the church where I was serving because I knew my education wasn't complete. I had to move my whole family to Nampa, Idaho. I had to pay for our own education. I spent a couple of years getting my education, at least the basic education, finished. It cost us a fortune where it could have been provided. Now, does it mean I have a horrible, rotten life? No, I've got a great life. Thank you, Father. I'm on my way to London. Who can, who can complain, all right? But I didn't pay the price when I was 18 and 19. And I paid a bigger one when I was 28. That's the consequence of my decision. Now, does my father make up for that? Of course he does. That's my father. But every decision has a consequence. Some of the decisions we make as we pour good things into people's life have a consequence for good. Other things... Even our thoughts have a consequence. Jesus talks about the biggest consequence of all, actually, when he says this. Whoever tries to keep his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. And we're going to talk more about that next week. One of the most important things you can teach your kids. But do you see the consequence in here? If you try to keep your life, what's the consequence of that? You won't. If you're ready to give up your life, what's the consequence of that? You preserve it. That's life. That's how our Father works. So what kind of life do you want? How do you want to be treated in life? What are you looking for to people treat you? Are you looking for just barely getting by? Are you looking for more in life? Well, then there are consequences. All of those things are the result of decisions we're making now. Now, here's the good news, ready? There is a God who loves you more than you can ever know. So you got to build your life on that one. Even when we do foolish things, even when we make decisions that will have negative consequences in our lives or someone else's life, our Father is able to take that and make something fantastic out of it. I took my, my laziness as an 18 and 19 year old when I didn't really want to give myself to college and I gave it to my father and my father said now let me show you what I can do with that and since that time I've I've achieved two masters and a doctorate degree he's blessed my life in many ways thank you father he's able to overcome but there was a price it was harder it cost more And it was all because, and here's the ultimate price, it was all because of what Jesus Christ did for me. The only reason that he was able to take my life and all of the stupid decisions that I made and turn it into something positive is because his son came and died for me. 
And that price that Jesus paid for me is the only reason that my father can do something good with me now. My father can take any decision you've made and do something good with it. Oh, there's going to be consequences, guys. There will be. Pay them. Face them. Learn from them. Give them to God and move on. Father, thank you so much. We are so grateful that you love us, you care about us. Father, we don't like the consequences. We want to be able to do whatever we want to do and not have it affect negatively ourselves or anybody around it. Father, we just want to do our own thing and there is no such thing. For you see it all. And there's consequences. Father, help us to live in a purposeful way. To decide what we want out of life. To understand the connection between cause and effect. And then, Father, look for your guidance in all the good decisions we make. Look for your help and your mercy and your grace and forgiveness in all the foolish ones. Father, we want to thank you. The greatest consequence this world has ever known your son's obedience to you can result if we choose in our own eternal life. And Father, for that, we are most grateful. Lord.